Cuts it back. 40, 45, 50. He's off to the races. Down the left sideline. To the 15, 10, 5. Touchdown. Aaron Jones. Oh, what a play. This is the Quick Slants Podcast. Welcome back, Packers fans, to the Quick Slants podcast of Game On Wisconsin. I am Jason Perrone of Game On Wisconsin, Pulse of the Pack, the Pack-A-Day podcast, and of course right here at Quick Slants, which I thank you all very much for listening to and being a part of. We are less than three weeks away from the Green Bay Packers playing a regular season game, a meaningful game, and I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the dynamics of that. The Packers have been practicing inside of Lambeau Field, so we have some fun things to talk about there. Some really good reports about players who have shown up big in practice so far. So things seem to be pointing in a good direction for these Green Bay Packers in 2020, and hopefully that momentum continues on into the regular season. They're playing in, in an empty Lambeau field, and maybe part of that is to get used to what they're going to see when they start playing games in there, at least for the first couple home games. There's not going to be any fans in the stadiums. It's an empty stadium for the first few home games, so they're going to have that to get used to, and that is not at all what any Packers player is used to when that place has been sold out for the past umpteen years and will be for the foreseeable futures and decades to come. So that's that's something to keep an eye on there too. But I want to talk about the Packers' defense a little bit because this is a... Very ramped up group. I mean, the the defensive backs are getting picks left and right. Everyone's jacked up. Josh Jackson is looking good. Shannon Sullivan had some good days this past week. This is a good young group of guys, and they still have room to improve. You know, think about the fact that the Packers defense doesn't have anyone on it that's 30 years old or older. Consider Kenny Clark just got his second contract. He's only 24 years old. Zadarius Smith is 27 for a few more days. He turns 28 in a couple days. Young, a very young defensive group. Rashawn Gary, year two. Kingsley Kiki, year two. Even the grizzled veteran that was brought in as, as the inside linebacker, Christian Kirksey. Young, 28. Young players ascending, arrow pointing up. A lot of good things going on with them. Speaking of young defensive players that are looking good. Rookie linebacker Kamal Martin is starting to get a lot of pub. Starting to get a lot of pub. He said he's fine after the knee injury in October last year in Minnesota that was originally feared to be major, but it was quickly determined that it was more on the minor side. He just he just looks like a linebacker so far in practice. He's got the stoic face, the chiseled physique, all the things you want to see from a linebacker. And oh, by the way, Packers defensive coordinator Mike Pettin confirmed that Martin is entrenched in the battle for the second starting inside linebacker spot. So that's a big deal for a fifth round pick. When you invest a fifth round pick, you're not necessarily getting a surefire starter. You hope that they turn into that, but far from a guarantee. Inside linebacker, a position that's been largely ignored for many years by the Packers. They just don't value it. They've just kind of put plugged guys in there and they may have finally stumbled You know, and I I say stumble because, again, a fifth-round pick is hardly any guarantee to work out on a really good player to add to their defense. When was the last time the Packers had a really good player at inside linebacker? You could argue if you want to consider Clay Matthews having been an inside linebacker in 2014 and for part of his career in Green Bay, okay. A.J. Hawk depends on whether or not you want to give him the great label or not. He played for many years. He was very dependable, but for a fifth overall pick in the draft, was he great? 
So some of those things play into that factor. But Christian Kirksey, you know, I mentioned him already. He was signed to fill the gap for a few years, and that was more because they didn't want to pay Blake Martinez the money that Martinez was going to command in the open market, and he ended up getting from the New York Giants. But Kirksey doesn't really seem to be the long-term answer there, and I don't think that's any big surprise. You got Oren Burks, who's on the bubble and that he's done next to nothing to indicate that he's ready to take that starting job or earn a second contract. He was a third-round pick two just two years ago, hasn't panned out, had a couple injuries, but can't get on the field on defense. Despite all the physical tools and athletic ability, can't get on the field on defense, which is kind of disappointing. It would be about darn time that one of these inside backers pans out and turns into a stud. And Kamal Martin has the early look of a guy who could be exactly that. So it's it's fun. I've mentioned training camp and preseason darlings for the Packers before. They have them every single year. There's fan favorites and guys that come out of nowhere, undrafted free agents who defy the odds. Reggie Begleton as a wide receiver is one who's also getting some eyes on him on the offensive side of the ball. Every year this happens. So maybe Kamal Martin is this year's training camp darling and a guy that just pans out. It would be it would be awesome if he did. It would be almost kind of like what Desmond Bishop did if, 10 years ago when he became a huge part of that Super Bowl team in 2010. Took him a couple years to get on the field, but he did. And when he got that opportunity, he was fantastic. I don't think Kamal Martin's going to have to wait that long if he continues on the trajectory that I'm seeing him taking in practices, which, again, it's practice. It's not games. We're talking about practice. Yes, Allen Iverson, we're talking about practice, not the game. But that's all we have to go off of right now. And again, remember, no preseason games. So these are the things that we use to gauge what's actually happening with the Packers. So I guess I have to keep up in my streak of shows where I mention and talk about the quarterback group. Because I feel like this keeps seeping into the script every week, but it's the gift that keeps on giving for guys like me who need content. Now, on Tuesday, I wrote about Aaron Rodgers and how he's looking at tape from the 2010 season and looking to make a few tweaks to his game. One of those tweaks, I hope, is throwing the rock deep. Bring back the deep ball. Rodgers has been hesitant these past few years to launch it, and not just because he can't throw deep or his skills are eroding. So let's kind of get that out of the way right now. In 2018, he suffered that knee injury in the opener. He played through it in a horrific season in which Mike McCarthy gets fired before the end of the season. They win six games. They've got nothing to play for. The only reason they wanted to beat the Jets at the end of the season was so they didn't put up a goose egg on the road all season long. You know, that was a bad season. Last year, it's year one with Matt LaFleur, and Rodgers had a hobbled Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who was his deep threat receiver. And so you got MVS, who's hurt, and he's not able to get down the field as much. The long ball just was not, just was not happening. You know, there were were very few other legit deep threat options. Devontae Adams once in a while, but he got a lot of attention from opposing defenses, so it was tough to get him the ball deep. So, and remember, Adams was also out for several games too. So you had guys stepping up and playing the role of prime wide receiver who couldn't get deep. Jimmy Graham, not getting deep. By the time he gets deep, it's we're into the postgame show if he's running a route. You know, somebody referred to Jimmy Graham as a square bowling ball the other day. I saw that on Twitter, and I'm sorry I didn't take note of who it was to give them credit on the show. That sounds about right. And I also thought it was funny that one of the reports that came out of Bears training camp is that Jimmy Graham has been one of the best players on the field for the Bears. If that's the case, I think we can safely peg the Chicago Bears as a last place finisher in the NFC North this year, right? So but the opportunities to launch it were just not there for Rodgers over the past couple of years. You know, Mark was valdez he had the big touchdown against the Broncos. He had a monster day against the Raiders. 
He should have snagged an early bomb for a touchdown against the Bears at Lambeau Field late last season, and that might have changed the trajectory of that game and and that it didn't have to be such a nail-biter, we'll say. And that was the first play from scrimmage. That could have set a completely different tone for that game. But that's not even one hand full hand's worth of bomb plays to look back on. Usually in this offense, Aaron Rodgers has several in a season. You can look back on I mean, You want to talk about 2011? They didn't come out of a single game without throwing five or six deep balls. And I realize this is not the 2011 offense, but just for comparison's sake there. You know, Rodgers, I talked about how it's not about his ability to throw deep. And there were some other factors there. It's not a confidence issue. Aaron Rodgers doesn't lack confidence in himself. He never has. He's motivated. He's looking to show those who support him why they should continue to do so. And to those who question him, he's basically saying, look, not so fast. As they all start to anoint Jordan Love, the heir apparent, in the next couple of seasons. Aaron Rodgers is saying, look, if I have anything to say about it, I'm the quarterback of this team and I'm going to I'm going to do some great things. I'm going to take this team to a championship and make Green Bay's decision to move on for me extremely difficult, which kind of segues into my next point about the quarterbacks, which is that Jordan Love has a long way to get to Aaron Rodgers' level. You know, Rodgers comes to camp in pretty good shape. Everyone's been talking about A.J. Dillon's thighs lately, but have you seen Aaron Rodgers' calves? There's been a couple pictures of Aaron Rodgers and his calves. Dude is not missing leg day. I can tell you that. Jordan Love... Jordan Love brings a nice stature to the quarterback position. He's tall and he's got size, but he's not chiseled. He's going to have to learn how to lift and sculpt his body to become an even bigger asset to him as he plays and and goes on throughout his career. And that's one thing Aaron Rodgers learned very quickly was how to study, how to lift, how to do things off the field. So when he gets on the field, he's in a position of advantage. And that's something that Jordan Love's going to have to learn how to do And he will, hopefully. The Packers have a good coaching staff, good training staff, fresh blood in there with Matt LaFleur and everybody. And they're going to do everything they can to keep Jordan Love ready to play football. They they invested a first-round pick in him, and they moved up to get him. They're not sitting around waiting for Jordan Love to hopefully figure it out. They're going to give him every tool and opportunity possible. You know, another thing that kind of showed the Rodgers and Love progression right now is they did the net drill a few days ago where they take the snap, drop back, and they try to throw the ball into the net. You know, Love just missed the net while Rodgers dropped back, and on both of his dropbacks, he hit the hit the net dead center. You know, it's kind of one of those practice builds muscle memory things, and the more that muscle memory kicks in, the less thinking you have to do in a moment when your brain is processing so much information. There's plenty of time for Love to learn all of that as he's sitting for at least this and very likely next season. Packers are going to have a lot of controlled looks at love and practice, and hopefully there's some preseason games next year. Not because we love preseason games, but this is why you need them. For guys like Jordan Love, specifically a quarterback, you can rookies can miss preseason games, and you can still learn a lot about them, but there is nothing better to show whether a quarterback can make certain throws in a football game than a football game. And a preseason game is exactly that. And practice just isn't the same, even if it's a joint practice. You know, but Love, speaking of all that time that he's got to build up his stature, I mean, he's not even currently the number two quarterback on this team. That's Tim Boyle. I know Andy Herman would be very excited, is very excited to hear that and know that. He's the president of the Tim Boyle fan club. Tim Boyle's QB2, and it's not likely that Love is going to surpass him this season. You know, that might sound kind of hot take-ish, 
I know, you know, to be sounding so sure, but with no preseason, like I said, Love just isn't going to get that game action to show anything. And he's not doing enough in practice to be the number two. So that's kind of just a put two and two together type scenario. And you, you figure Tim Boyle's your number two quarterback. He's your backup. And there's likely your quarterback situation for the Packers this season. They'll keep three. Not going to cut Jordan Love. But the question is, is it worrisome? that Jordan Love isn't winning the backup quarterback spot. Well, it depends who you are. Some are going to say, yes, they invested a first-round pick. They moved up to draft him while a future Hall of Famer is leading this offense. Yes, we're worried. And the other side says kind of what I just did, which is that the urgency for Love to get it right now, today, just isn't that high. There's there's not a, a huge burden or weight on his shoulders right now. And I, I would, I guess, agree with that to an extent. You know, I think having a couple of seasons is is going to help him, and it helped Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers didn't look great right away, and it took a while. When he hit his stride, he was ready to hit the field. And when he did in Dallas, and he had to come in when Brett Favre got hurt, he was ready, and he almost led a huge comeback win on the road in a season in which the Packers should have played in a Super Bowl. But that said about love and that the pressure for him to get it right now isn't that high, I do want to be reading about and hearing better things in December than I am right now about Jordan Love. Show me some progression in the positive direction, at least. Otherwise, there's going to be whispers and we're going to start to worry. And that's just the right that we have as fans to wonder what's going on with the guy. Until he takes the field, we're not going to know exactly how good Jordan Love is. I, I talked earlier a little bit about how opening day is, is coming less than three weeks away. The Packers, when the schedule first came out, had two big games on the road in the first month that were probably going to define their season. If you think about the venues that they're playing in and how those games typically go, at Minnesota week one, at New Orleans week three. Those are two incredibly loud, raucous, raucous, raucous venues that the Packers were going to visit and have to try to win a football game in early, right away. No fans in the stands. Whether these venues are going to be able to pump noise in or not, I don't know. But the Vikings will do it anyway because they do it when the fans are in the stands. You know, let's let's be honest. The Vikings pump in noise. You heard it here. Not first. I'm definitely not the first person to call them out for it, but they pump in noise. And so that the element of the silent count and some of the prep that you need to do not being there really just means you just have to get used to playing with different scenery. The Packers are used to the bleachers, the green and yellow at Lambeau Field, where things are located, where the scoreboard is, all that kind of stuff. You go to Minnesota, it's different playing surface. Things are in a different spot, but it's still a football field that's 100 yards long. And I think that's a big advantage for the road team, the road teams that are coming in. So as much as the Packers will enjoy that advantage while they're on the road, they're not going to have their own crowd at home as the advantage for them there. So does the travel to a small town impact the visiting team? Because that might be something that could help the Packers a little bit more than if you go to other major cities. I don't know. I'm just grasping at straws there. I mean, some of you are probably rolling your eyes right now asking me what I'm talking about. But these, it's just interesting. It's interesting times. And these are some of the factors that are going to play into how these games go and how they go down. Really, really unique. We've watched a lot of sports, the NBA, Major League Baseball, the cardboard cutouts of fans, the virtual fans in the stands and on Zoom watching the, the action live. It's going to be really interesting watching these first few games in the NFL 
without fans because that's such a big part of the game, the crowd reaction, the noise, the, you know, when you walk into the sports bar and you're watching a game and you hear the multiple broadcast feeds and you can hear the crowd start to ramp up and when it's a when it's a, a home game and the crowd's going wild and you're excited with them or it's a road game and you don't want to hear the crowd because that means something good happened for the other guys it's going to be just a, a very very interesting dynamic so that's going to wrap up another edition of the quick slants podcast this week thanks everybody for being here Look forward to coming back next week with some more, hopefully some more good news, some more good reports about some different players who are doing some good things in Packers training camp and Packers preseason as they inch closer to the regular season. Coming up this weekend, as always, we'll have Pulse of the Pack on Sunday. We've got a host of shows that are in the works and a a lineup that's going to be great for all of you once we get everybody up and running. Some cool things going on, a bunch of different things to kind of feed everybody's appetite. I mentioned fantasy football, betting lines, some of those things. So keep an eye out for that. Again, follow us at Game On Wisconsin. We're on Instagram. Like the Facebook page. Join our Facebook group. You can find all of our content and all of our live shows. I should say all of our live shows over at YouTube. Subscribe to Game On Wisconsin. Watch our shows on Twitter, wherever you want to get your content. We'll have it there for you. So make sure that you're you're following all of us. You can follow me. I'm at Jason Perone on Twitter. Thanks so much, everybody. And as always, Go Pack Go. Rodgers fakes the handoff. Quick throw right side. There's Devontae from right to left. Cutting left to the 50, to the 45, 40. Track down from behind. 